most couples will go through a phase in their marriage where they just are miserable. That's a actually pretty common state. <laughs> and a lot of couples go, I am no longer happy. You no longer make me happy. What was I thinking in the first place? So I'm going to make a lifelong decision. I'm going to end this relationship based upon a very short-term temporary situation. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> We're your host, <laughs> Paul and Shannon Elmore. And on today's episode, why you should show love to your spouse, even when you don't feel like it. Why are you giggling? Well, because when I said feel understood, it came out feel understood. <laughs> I was like, I just made myself laugh. <laughs> Simple pleasure. Probably something that you didn't even notice, but I felt it in my mouth. Dude. <laughs> okay. Let's, anyway, let's get to the topic. You ready? Yep. Here we go. Um, I think we're close. Let's do this. Let's go here. Let's go. Oop. Ah. What did you do? You're busting the microphone there. Bumped it. You got it all tight and good? Mm-hmm. Um, here is, here's the question. Okay. You aren't feeling particularly loving, warm, affectionate, close, open, um, warm fuzzies. All of those things are just not as high as you would want them to be in the relationship. Okay. When you are in that state of mind, why do you think it's still a really good idea to show love to you, towards your spouse, even when you don't feel loving towards them? Oh, that's a good question. It is a good question. And it's fun that I get to ask you first. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will, we've, okay. I'm gonna give, um, I'm not going to answer the question directly. I'm going to give my roundabout answer. Just follow me along, okay? Yeah, there's something new. <laughs> that never happened before. Um, for the very same reason why when I was um, really struggling, uh, probably in some depression, and just really struggling with feeling gratitude about things and... Um, or finding any joy in anything. Mm. I was probably depressed. And I started a gratitude journal. Right. And I every day I wrote down five things that I was thankful for. And the first week was just a bear because I did not believe anything I was writing down, but I was thinking about things that I know I have been in the past thankful yeah. for. Yeah. And just to me it seemed silly in the moment I love neon so that happened to be quite a few of the things that I would write down on this I'm thankful for um the second week things came a little quicker but I still didn't really feel it by the third week I remember driving in the car with you telling you I cannot believe how much tunnel vision that I have had or blinders on and the whole world has opened up to me and I actually was feeling thankful and gratitude for things. Hmm. And it wasn't because I felt them first, it's because I chose to write them down and think about them. So I, so when you're talking about someone who's not feeling particularly loving or amorous or uh, just- Warm fuzzies. Warm fuzzies, yeah. all of that. Um, 
for women, we go through all sorts of changes. Anything could cause that. Hormones, the food we eat. Time of month. Situation, stress, all of that kind of stuff. And it doesn't necessarily mean that those feelings don't exist inside of you somewhere. And so when we start to do things, even when we don't feel like them, our hearts eventually catch up and our minds catch up and follow along. Yeah. And, or just like, um, I, I hate hiking on the trail to train. Mm. It is not fun for me. Mm-mm. At least for the first 20 minutes. Right. And then what happens? And then a switch happens and yeah. I'm like, Ooh, let's do this again. Let's go around a second time. Yes. So putting those steps in, taking, taking those, um, moments to, do the things that just don't feel like they're there Yeah, is super important because barring some actual physical, you know, reason that that's actually causing an something like depression, mm-hmm. not a whole lot you can do. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, aside from medication, that kind of stuff that there's some, what's the word I'm looking for? You know what I'm trying to say? You're just watching me. Mm. I'm actually not, I'm not, tracking i don't know what we're you heading towards okay well anyway blah, 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 blah. um like if i had a broken leg yeah i wouldn't be hiking the mountain right that would be a reason why i wouldn't be able to take those steps to right. get to that point so if there's some kind of physical mental limitation that's causing that you right. need to find that out sure but typically it's just i those the kind of like i just don't feel like it yeah i don't i don't i don't feel it in my body i don't feel it in my heart yeah do you get what i'm saying yet well i get what you're saying because i'm married to you for 30 years well, that's could what you? everyone else who's <laughs> listening explain, can get you that's you that's going to be the harder part could you explain it for me because i just feel like i'm going around in circles you said you're going to get there roundabout way so connect the dots to if if well i already did connect the dots got it that's what i'm saying got it what I'm the, the connected dot is when I started writing in my journal, m- my attitude shifted. When I, even though I didn't believe it, making those steps to why we should do the things when we're not feeling particularly lovey, warm fuzzies, that kind of stuff, is because your heart will follow your actions. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense to me. And that's actually an incredibly important principle because a lot of individuals out there believe that their feelings are reality. If I feel a certain way, then that is my reality at the moment. And I now need to make all of my decisions based upon this temporary, momentary feeling that I have. Right. Problem is, feelings change so frequently and are so susceptible to lots of other influential things. Right, exactly. It's really dangerous to make decisions based upon feelings alone. alone. Now, again, I believe in feelings. I think they're valuable. I think they're important to listen to. But they are a terrible guide in terms of long-term healthy behavior. Instead, values commitments, covenants, vows, things that you have said, I know that this is a healthy, wise, good thing to do. And even when I don't like it, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it's frustrating me, even when it's disappointing me, 
even though I can't see the ultimate outcome in it, I still trust, believe, and have faith that this is a good, healthy, wise thing for me to be doing, and I'm going to stay on the path even when I don't feel like it. And when you do that, you oftentimes, like you've described, you work yourself out of that emotional state and start to experience a very different emotional state, Mm -hmm. which is now more encouraging, more favorable, more enjoyable. And you just have to kind of get through the difficult spot. Right. That's actually what they're finding out on a lot of research is most couples will go through a phase in their marriage where they just are miserable. That's a actually pretty common state. (laughs) And a lot of couples go, I am no longer happy. You no longer make me happy. What was I thinking in the first place? So I'm going to make a lifelong decision. I'm going to end this relationship based upon a very short-term temporary situation. And again, we're not ignoring or invalidating those experiences, but we're saying that they tend to be temporary and you have to work through those things. And that's not just a marriage principle. That is a universal principle. If you're trying to get healthy and and work out and lose weight, you will simply plateau at certain times. You will lose weight and then not lose any weight and then lose more weight and then not lose any more weight. Mm -hmm. And you hit these little plateaus where not a lot is changing. Uh, financially, if you're saving, it, you will be able to save more at certain times and you won't be able to save more. Uh, if you're investing into the, the different markets, you have good up markets that are up and markets that are down. And sometimes you're not making forward progress. Sometimes you're staying the same. Sometimes you're losing just a little bit. This is a universal principle that that growth or change is never linear. It's never positive, 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 right. positive, 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 positive. It's never happy, 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 happy. It never works that way. There, it, there is cyclical of happy, happy, hard, hard, difficult, discouraged, difficult, okay, I think I'm good, encouraged, motivated, good, happy, happy, happy. That's just normal. Yeah. And so trying, trying to be aware of those cycles and again, research shows that couples who have been miserable at some point, if they wait a couple of years, tend to end up having actually lovely marriages long term mm-hmm. because they just they worked through the difficult season right. of their relationship rather than calling it quits and giving giving up. Uh, I also believe, and again, some people disagree on this, but I also believe that love is not just a feeling. It's not just an emotional state. Right. I think that it's the only reason why my four kids made it to adulthood because <laughs> there were seasons that I did not like them. Sorry, Isaac, I know you're over there listening, but there were seasons that I just, my kids drove me crazy. But because I had made a commitment to number one, bringing them into existence, they are helpless and they're not returning or giving back anything towards me. It is 100% giving, 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 giving. It is so disproportional in the giving and receiving stages, but I knew what I was assigning up for and I agreed to that and I was willing to do that. And as they kind of grew up and went through these cycles of driving me nuts and just, you know, not enjoying them as much as I have at other times in my life, I said, I am still going to treat them lovingly and kindly because it's the right thing to do, not because I feel like it. Right. And because you get through those seasons, I have four adult children that I just absolutely adore and I just Mm -hmm. enjoy spending time with. I love hanging out with. I think they're a blast to, to be around. But that wasn't every day of my life. Believe me. Exactly. (laughs) I love you. I love you a lot. But there have been days where it's like loving you is a choice. Choice. It's not a feeling. It is. 
That is so, so true. But because it's the right thing to do. And again, for those who have listened to any number of our podcasts, you recognize we come from a faith system here. And I take it back to, I'm loving you, not because of who you are, but because I believe that I was called by God to love you and treat you with unconditional love the way that I have been treated and I have received unconditional love from God. And so if I have been the recipient of that, even though I am a sinful, horrible human being at times and God is going to love me unconditionally, then when you aren't quite as lovable or or likable at certain (laughs) times, I am still called to unconditionally love and accept you because I am accountable to a higher calling here, not just you. And I don't just treat you nice or love you because I get cookies. Okay. (laughs) I do it because it's a self-discipline. And it's something that I want to get good at. And it's actually ironic because a lot of people have really good self-discipline around a lot of areas in their life. Some people have saved up uh, unbelievable amounts of money because they have been very self-disciplined in in working and saving and investing and all these things like that. Some people have um, unbelievable bodies that are very much in, in shape and are fit because they have been very disciplined in what they eat and how they exercise right. and what they do and how they treat their bodies. And they are reaping the benefits of that really, really healthy choices. Even though I know there's been times where those people who are eating healthier are going, man, I sure would like a piece of chocolate cake. Right. I say that a lot and tend to enjoy the chocolate <laughs> cake. And I'm reaping the benefits <laughs> and the natural consequences of me enjoying chocolate cake. Right. But a lot of people don't apply those same principles to their marriage. And it is, this is a discipline. Being married is a discipline. And so you don't always feel lovey. You don't always feel open. You right. don't always feel those warm fuzzies towards your spouse. And those are the days where you go, I'm going to do it anyway because mm-hmm. it's the right thing to do and I get nothing out of it. That's, I think, in a really, really important right. skill to develop in, yeah. any, in any marriage. If you want to learn how to do this, if you're listening to this going, all right, Paul, I can. you've sold me. I understand that all those principles make sense, but I just don't know where to start, how to begin, what the, it looks like on a daily basis. We would suggest starting with the Relationship Roadmap. That is a online program that we have available on securemarriage.com that are going to take you through the nine tools that are essential to learn the three critical areas in your relationship, how to have better connection, how to have better communication, and how to have better conflict resolution in your marriage. Those things right there, you learn how to do those three things and and the nine tools to get you there. We guarantee there will be no problem ever in your marriage that one of those tools won't be able to address or fix. Yeah. That's how powerful of a toolbox or, or, or tools that these things are that you can use, that they will um, make sure every area of your marriage is covered. I just spent the last two days working on my car because my clutch master cylinder went out and my son is helping me replace it. And I've used the same set of tools I've had for the last 25 years because whether it's a clutch master cylinder or whether it is a radiator or whether it is a tire or whatever, the same tools can fix all the problems. Right. I've got a good set of well-tested tools in my toolbox. I don't have to go buy a new tool every time. It's really good. So if you can develop a really good good marriage toolbox, it doesn't matter what the problem is. You will be able to fix it. Yeah. 
And what's really nice is in the uh, on my workshop and the, the program we have on there, we'll show you how to use some of these things. And the best part is, truly the best part is, it's, it's an hour and six minutes long. It's not a deep, huge, comprehensive thing. That's, I like tools that are simple. Hammers don't have a lot of moving parts. It's just a hunk of steel on the end of a stick. <laughs> But man, you can fix a lot of things with a really good hammer. Yeah. And so I like simple, basic tools that aren't difficult to explain. They're not complex, but man, they get the job done when you know how and when to use them. So uh, securemarriage.com, you can go up to courses at the top or right on the homepage. It talks about the relationship roadmap right there. You can click on that and check it out. There's actually, I think the first two or three videos you can even watch for free and see if you like it, see if it answers some of the questions you have. So we would suggest starting there, relationship roadmap, securemarriage.com. Yep. Is that a good place to start? It's a great place to start. Great place to start. All right. I think that's it. I think we'll leave it there. Okey doke. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. All righty. Goodbye. Bye-bye.